Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to episode 46 of the Build My Online Podcast. I'm your host, Terry, and you're listening to the podcast dedicated to helping you build an online store so that you can have more time, income, and mobility, freedom in your life. So today, I've got Jonathan Hill from branch.com.au, where he's going to talk about how to become a local distributor for a product. So the more popular e-commerce business models are pretty much drop shipping and manufacturing. So John's gonna tell us about how he got into business as a distributor. So you could say it's one step closer to manufacturing as probably one level before drop shipping. If you remember in the drop shipping model, all you do is you run a website, uh, you do the customer service, you don't hold any inventory. When the order goes to you, you pass it to your supplier. It could be their distributor or a manufacturer direct. So both have their pros and cons, but today we're gonna focus on the distribution side and hear John's experiences on the front line. And before we start, we have another iTunes review, a five-star review from FlyTally1. He says, I'm just getting started in e-commerce and listen to the podcast about starting an online clothing label. As the podcast progressed, I found myself thinking of questions I would ask if I were conducting the interview within a few seconds. Terry asked them. Nice job getting into the brain of the novice online retailer. Very informative. I'll be using things I learned in this podcast in my business. And if you want more helpful material for those just getting into e-commerce, make sure you sign up for the mailing list at buildmyonlinestore.com. One of the first things I'll get you is a copy of Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins. The late David Ogilvy said nobody should be allowed to have anything to do with advertising until he has read this book seven times. It changed the course of my life. So go ahead, check it out. Sign up for the mailing list, a super helpful book. And with that being said, let's get into this week's episode. So today we're going to talk about WeWood watches, and so uh, can you tell us about kind of your little quick background and how did you get involved in uh, WeWood? I was actually in recruitment. Um, I always liked sort of unique products, and we were at a party once, and a friend of ours was actually wearing some wooden sunglasses. A friend of mine and, and myself sort of saw them, and we were like, wow, they're amazing, never seen anything like them. Um, and we sort of, the next day, we, I jumped on the internet, and I was reading a lot of blogs, and then I saw these um, amazing watches that had just come out uh, called Weeward Watches and like the philosophy every watch they sold they plant a tree they're an Italian brand and we um, and I spoke to the um, basically I spoke to the guys doing it and sort of it took probably three four uh, months to get the distribution um, but before then we we actually sort of there was no one in Australia doing them so we actually set our own sort of online shop up called Branched um, so we couldn't actually call ourselves WeWood at the time but um, we set an online store and then we bought them wholesale from the US and then we sold them online um, so that that's sort of how how we came to, and then sort of four months down the down the line, when we would we'd had a few featured in magazines or our actual sort of branch website, they came back to us and said, um, "How about um, being the distributor?" And they put some quite high targets on us, and uh, and me and my business partner in full time employment at the time, but we thought, why not, and and gave it a go. And what year was this? Um, would have been. 
Uh, not last year, year before, so 2011. I see. So, I see. And so when you're approaching someone as a distributor, I think the first time there's probably a conversation where the first one is they're saying, hey, are you really serious? Or how did that work out? Definitely. We both had sales backgrounds and, and we sort of, because I've had businesses since I was, I don't know, probably 11 years old, um, just more um, bits and bobs on the side. We were pretty good on the uh, the internet, but we phoned them every week on a Monday and they could just see that we were passionate about the product and they were still quite small at the time. So they were, they could see we were passionate about the product. We put our necks on the line and they put our, their necks on the line and, and we just said, look, we're going to devote our time just to you rather than um, having, I don't know, 10, 20 products that a lot of distributors do. And we, we based our company around WeWood. Yeah, because it seems like your website is built around this whole concept and product. It's not like just a general distribution site. Well, that's what we, yeah, we basically, we've got our, um, our distribution company's called Branched and we've got a, uh, the website's www.branched.com.au. Well, we-wood.com.au is just based around, um, um, we would products and we never sort of put any other products on the site. And, and the benefit with us is if we take on another product, like we took on uh, Proof Eyewear, that's a sort of wooden eyewear brand, we actually set up um, a completely different identity, like a completely different website for, for those guys, um, sort of trade like we are the, the brand in Australia and New Zealand. I see. So for someone who's trying to get into the business as like an online distributor, uh, kind of, how does the negotiation phase work in a general nutshell? It's, it's finding a product that you like. Um, you've got to have, you've got to be able to back it up. You've got to sort of show you've had businesses before, or or you've got the the passion and enthusiasm to and the capacity to to sort of invest in what they're looking for in a distributor. Finding the right product, finding the right fit. Can you actually do it? Can you sort of devote the time? Because they do put some quite um, high targets on you initially. Like we had to sell, I think it was three to 500 watches a month in the initial 12 months. And that's quite a daunting, daunting thing from a standing start. Um, so you've got to really um, speak to all the retailers. And, and we, we sort of before we got the distributor um, ship, we we were just selling online um, and buying them wholesale. So we gauged there was a um, a demand for the product. But yeah, so it's giving it a go. The proof is always in the pudding. Yeah. And so what do these companies, or I guess in general, they look for in a good distributor? Um, someone that's passionate about the product. Um, someone that's got links with the sort of the relevant retailers. Someone that's that can set up an, a sort of online presence. Some some companies don't. They want like a um, only their website, like the .com website, rather than having individual websites for the sort of per country. Um, so they can control all the, the marketing and branding. We invested in a PR agency, and we, we've had fantastic PR ever since we started. Um, and I think that made a, a huge difference. Um, and we can sort of offer that to, to for free of charge for, um, no, we've invested a lot of money sort of off our own back in branding. Like we've just done two photo shoots. Um, we... We've um, we do a lot of online content. We've got a PR agency. We've we've sort of got an outsourced warehouse now. So we, we've invested in in the company as well as um, just them giving us the product to to sell. I see. I see. And so, for someone that wants to get into the distribution game, you know, when you're buying the products wholesale, are you putting up your own personal cash or? 
Yes, yeah, yeah, we did. Um, we invested. Uh, me and Mark is. I've got a business partner uh, who's more of a sort of silent partner. He he does uh, work on the side, but he works full time. Yeah, we invested our own money. It was a bit of a punt at the time, um, but yeah, we invested in some initial stock, and then we concentrated on selling that stock. Yeah, that's a pretty big bar that they set for you, right? I think six hundred to twelve hundred watches a month, and then no, well, yeah, it was three to five hundred watches a month. So, so that's a decent amount of cash. Um, yeah, so they re- retail from uh, one twenty to one forty. Um, so, so obviously we're buying less than that, but it's a yeah, it's a decent outlay. Uh, it was a my business partner was a bit sort of dubious at the time, but. Yeah, we proved ourselves. We we spent a lot of time in lunch times when we were at work, um, going to meet shops and on the phone to shops and um, yeah, get it getting the products out there. Yeah, which goes back to what you say: you have to believe and be passionate about the product. Otherwise, if you're putting up this much cash just you know for a product that you're not passionate about, I think that's key. I, I we're looking for other products, and we've been approached by people to be um, sort of their distributor. Now we've we've built up. Um, our little sort of boutique distribution company. But if I wouldn't wear it or if I didn't like it, I wouldn't take it on because I think it's got to sort of filter through. Um, it filters through from the top. the value add of the distributor come in in terms of the whole retail channel? I think it's very hard for, a, say, an Italian or U.S. company to, to come into Australia and do everything remotely because they've got no links with retailers. They've got no uh, local press and marketing. Uh, they've got no local customer service. Um, they'd have to email or, or sort of contact the US. Um, and I think Australia is quite a like people are proud to be Australian. Um, even though I'm England, I'm, I'm English, but I love this country. Sort of the local Facebook pages, Twitter, I think it just gives it an added element than uh, a brand being run from the US. I see. And, and when you work with the supplier, is it more of like a kind of a partnership mindset or like you guys are kind of working for them or kind of how's that dynamic? We obviously find out what they're doing in the US and um, in Italy, but we're really given free reign to to market and um, sort of get these products out to market as as we see fit, really. We've shown them a few things, like we've done these photo shoots and different things that work really well, and, and we all share resources worldwide. So I think it work, works pretty well, but we've been given... We spoke to a company a little while ago that really wanted to have a real... Like they wanted to check everything and sort of make sure it was all right before it went out to the press, whereas um, the, we built the relationship with, with WeWood that... Um, they believe that what we're doing is, is good for the brand, that, um, that I think is uh, quite important. Yeah, because I believe some companies would be more tight-reined with their brand and marketing messages. Definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've spoken to a few that are yeah, a, lot, a lot tighter and they like to run everything from uh, the States or um, just to keep everything on brand. Because we've been working on this brand for nearly two years, um, I think um, yeah, we know it pretty well and we all um, value the same things throughout the brand. Yeah, so I guess it's a matter of being on the same page and trusting everyone that we all share the same vision too, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. They're quite, un- well, I don't think a lot of companies would do that because a lot of companies think oh, they're giving away their baby, especially their small, smaller companies. But uh, it's, de- it's depending on volumes and things like that. But but um, yeah, I think we're, we're all working for the, the greater good. I actually... 
Um, my brother is actually the distributor for WeWood in the UK as well. So, um, yeah, we work together on different campaigns. And, yeah, no, it's working well. Right, very cool, very cool. So let's go into the product a little bit. So I understand it's entirely uh, made of wood, uh, watch? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's made made out of uh, sustainable wood. But a lot of the um, watches are actually made out of old, like offcuts from furniture factories. So um, there's a lot of wastage there. So we try and make as much as we can from the offcuts, as well as we've just got a limited edition called the um, the limited edition teak that's actually made from. Um, like um, recycled teak furniture and offcuts, and we try and use as much recycled material as we can. I see. And, and so, what makes this watch different from the others on the market? Because I kind of did a quick Google search, and there was a bunch of wooden watches. So we weren't the first, but I think the the sort of image and and also like a lot of the watches look a bit odd, and you'd have to. I think ours is um, ours has got that classic look. It comes with that message that that it's sort of eco-friendly and also we um, we plant a tree for every watch we sell and i just think um yeah a lot of a lot of the watches just uh, are very um they just look a bit odd now i don't think many people would wear them whereas ours is uh, it really appeals to a lot a lot more people yeah it looks but still has that sophistication look even though it's made out of wood i think yeah exactly yeah so um i know there's there's other watches out there that just um almost look like novelty pieces, whereas I think these can actually be worn and, and yeah, sophisticated. And, and the amount of comments uh, we still get wearing them is, is pretty incredible. Yeah, I see. So I noticed you mentioned that uh, you run the local different Facebook pages. How does that work out when it comes to online marketing? Like they have a WeWood US page? Yeah, they do. They've got a WeWood US page. So we've got a WeWood UK. Like we've got about 6,000 local fans. But I think, I think it's good because if people have problems or they want to know where to get them or, or anything like that, rather than going to the US and they asking us, um, we we can answer. We, like we've got a, a girl that looks after our social media. And I think it's just good to have a local site. Like people don't want to know about what's going on in the US if they're in Australia. Yeah, if you're in Australia, we, we, we're tailoring the, the posts and the content to, um, to the local market. So it's basically... If they want to complain, they can complain on the Australia page and someone will get right back to them. Whereas on the US page, they have to like find you guys and yeah exactly well that if if it sort of uh, if it does come to that that we hope it doesn't um yeah then yeah they can uh, they can write on the uh, the local page rather than yeah going into the US but a lot of them are questions like where can I buy it just sort of local questions mm-hmm, interesting and so what content have you found works really well on Facebook good images work well um also trends like other things in wood and and different sort of trends that are not your products but similar um, work well competitions always work well everyone loves a freebie yeah it's hard it's hard to get that interaction i think um yeah we we try our best at that but we saw sort of uh, sort of start off with it there was a lot more people interacting whereas now um i think a lot more people are going on to instagram and things like that instagram's working quite well but it's just hard to get the the content on there yeah because anyone has to take a picture all the time yeah right? exactly there's only so many pictures you can take but but we're sort of we're trying to um yeah we're trying to tap into that and and it's when we get this new member of staff on um 
I think there'll be a lot more time for, for things like that. Yeah. Has uh, Pinterest been a pretty big channel for you guys? Um, yeah, we're on Pinterest. Um, Amelia, who runs our social media, does use that quite a lot. Um, it's it's hard to track. Like Even Facebook and um, Pinterest, it's, it's good to see those trends and getting the, the message out there, but it's pretty hard to, to track. We just started a Google AdWords campaign that's working really well. We initially tried to do it ourselves, but now we've got a company that um, basically runs it for us and they can tailor it a lot more and, and they know exactly what they're, they're looking out for, um, whereas we didn't. Um, so, and we can actually track the, the conversions and, and things like that. Yeah, interesting. All right, so let me go back to a little bit about distribution. So uh, do you guys also do the offline distribution for WeWood? How do you mean? Uh, do, you, do you do like an online and offline distribution? Yes, yeah, yeah. So we've got about 100, 100 and, uh, yeah, probably about 100 plus stores in Australia that stock WeWood. So how does that work out now, like just from a top-down picture when you see online versus offline distribution? Like is offline still very big uh, you know for this day and age we still have a steady like we have a, a steady uh, amount of traffic and a, a steady amount of people buying buying the watches um but, but the stores yeah the stores do really well because the nice thing is as our um brand is still quite appeals to a lot of different age groups and um I had a guy the other day that didn't even have a computer, but he saw it in a Qantas magazine and phoned us up and said, oh, I really want to buy one. Can I pay over the phone um, or go to a shop? And some people like um, like to try them on as well to see what they're like before buying. Um, but we're quite lucky with the... Uh, the watches people can see see online rather than sun like we've got an we distribute another product line that's uh, sunglasses and a lot more people want to see what they look like in them uh, rather than watches they can sort of see off the web oh certainly yeah because i think watches have that weight on your wrist and the whole feel when you're having it on yourself too yeah these are actually very light um i've got a few metal watches but you can't feel like you're wearing it. That's uh, an added benefit. Yeah, interesting, interesting. All right, and so you know, out of the, the online versus offline, what would it be like the the split now of like your whole distribution channel? Is like fifty percent online, fifty percent offline, or I'd say probably seventy percent offline, thirty percent online, maybe even more, maybe seventy five. Uh, or 80% offline. Because I guess as a local distributor, that's really your skill set and value add is with the local retailers, right? Versus online where kind of anyone can just get into it. Yes, exactly. Well, we get a lot of online stores um, wanting to stop the products, but we're not really interested. Like We're on, on the Iconic that's quite a big site over here. We're just, um, we're just going on Surf Stitch. That's another big online site, but um, people just setting up their online sites is it's just not worth our while because um, we've got a good online store and we'd prefer people to go there than to go to their own site. I see, very cool. And so, you know, I just want to dig into offline a little bit more because it's kind of fascinating to me. So, yeah. So, yeah. when you're managing inventory with all your retailers, like, how does do they give you like a projection every month or two months in advance, or how does that work out? Well, no, retailers are <laughs> yeah, that some do, the bigger ones do, um, but. A lot of the time, we hold quite a bit of stock, so we've generally always got stock in. Like we've got an inventory of a couple of thousand watches or more, so people people have always got they can buy them straight off us rather than having to give us projection. But for this month, example, we've had a massive run on certain ones, and it takes us a little while to get them from the the factory. So um, 
we're running low on some stocks, but we've got agents in different states that go out and, and sort of run their relationships with the uh, with the stores. Um, so they go and show them the new models, they pop in and sort of see what they want for the next month and things like that. We've got a, um, a system that we've just taken on called Trade Gecko that's worked really well for us. All the agents can go on there and type their orders in, see what stock we've got and then allocate the stock to the different people. And then I just generate an invoice and, and send the stock out from my end. Oh, interesting. So do the agents work for you or are they kind of third party? Third party. So that they, they work for themselves. They've got their own agency, but um, we um, sort of pay them a percentage of what they um, what they bring in. I see. So they're commission-based. They just go around filling products at these different retailers and then they source it from you kind of in a sense. Right? Yes. Yeah. So they've got, they've got a few different product lines. They go out to their... Um, different stores they've been dealing with or, or like the stores that we were dealing with and, and um, show them the different um, product because it's just impractical for myself and it's nice to have that personal interaction and they build a relationship with the stores. That was probably our hardest um, uh, thing is finding good agents. Yeah, because they have to, if you're new to the market, they need to trust you that you know you can supply and be a good distributor too. So Yes, definitely. But it's also fine and there aren't very many good agents out there. We've been very lucky and we've got some brilliant agents, um, but it's, yeah, it's hard to find good agents out there. And do you find that the biggest clients you need to kind of manage a relationship yourself or do you still go through an agent with that? Yes, yeah, well, that's what I'm trying, like, we got in City Beach that's a big store and I run that myself, but it's that's why I'm bringing someone else on so I can concentrate more on the stores rather than the um, the online. So the new member staff is going to be doing all the customer service um, online, um, whereas I'm going to concentrate on the big accounts. And there's some other big accounts that we really want to get in that I think we will get in, but just got it's just time to dedicate um, sort of nurturing that relationship. Yeah, interesting. And, and so just curious, you know, if someone has a sales agent, what kind of commissions are they expecting? Is it like 10%, 20%? Because like a- oh, it really depends. I can't really, I don't really want to give that away at the moment. Um, yeah, it's a percentage of sales. Okay, All right. and no problem. Fair, fair game, fair game. All right. Between like between ten and thirty percent, depending. Really. Yeah, it depends on the relationship and how you guys work it out too. All right, very good, very cool. All right, and so John, I guess uh, you need to go soon. So where can we find you online and uh, get more information about these watches? Yeah, the main website is um, we hyphen wood. That's W E and then hyphen W O O D dot com dot A U. And then our distribution company is actually called Branched. That's B R A N C H E D dot com dot A U. Um, so yeah, check us out online and um, um, yeah, hopefully you'll be wearing a, a, some wood on your wrists soon. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend that makes uh, bamboo sunglasses too. I met with him. Couple of weeks ago, and so oh, yeah, pretty interesting too. Uh, I guess there's a whole wooden movement, or I guess the eco-friendly thing. There is, well, definitely, yeah. We we've got bamboo sunglasses, and like we've got we've we've the first people have actually just brought out a um, an eco range. It's it's environmentally conscious optics. So you've got um, the the fronts of the glasses are made out of um, like recycled cotton plant-based material and then the sides are wood and they're just on our uh, website iwantproof.com.au they've got a, a whole range and also we make sunglasses out of old skateboard decks <laughs> oh wow nice yeah i used to skateboard and i know once the board's done you kind of just throw it away so there's yeah well that's the thing yeah they they and they come in different colors like um yeah you've got all the different uh, plies through them so 
So yeah, they're pretty cool too. Yeah, very interesting, very interesting. All right, John. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, and then I'll keep you posted when this is goes live. It'll probably go live uh, late May, so I'll shoot you the link. Brilliant. All right, very well. Appreciate uh, you getting in touch, and I look forward to seeing you online. All right, thanks, John. Take care. Thanks. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye. To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast.